Yeah, I don't want us to change the subject. Yes, yes. So introductions will be later. Because <laughs> right now he's in the house. Yes, yes, yes. And when Papa is in the house, he deserves all the glory and all the honor. He deserves our attention. He's paid a high price for our attention. So I don't want to change the subject. By the way, that is my topic for tonight, for today. That we will never change the subject. It doesn't matter what's happening around us. We're not allowed to change the subject. Jesus. Holy Spirit. Help us stay connected. Help us stay connected, Holy Spirit. May this be like a sit down with you. I'm just here to help you hold his hand. That's all I'm doing. Hold his hand as I speak. Hold his hands. Do not disconnect. Do not disconnect as I speak. And every time you feel him move, just move with him. Do not hold back as I speak. Respond to Holy Spirit as I speak. Do not disconnect. That will be such an honor to him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I honor your presence in this place, God. I honor the glory that is in this house. I honor the unity that's in this house. I honor the family banner that's in this house, God. I honor the... They are so like thirsty and hungry for your presence. And I honor that. I honor their hunger, God. I honor their hunger for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I honor the heavens that are open over this house right now. I honor the angelic um, ministry that's in this house right now. I honor it. God, I honor your presence. All of heaven. The throne room open in this place right now in Jesus name. I honor your presence, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, stay engaged as I talk. My name is Andy, as you heard. And I'm a South African. I was born, raised in South Africa. Um, Jesus. I was, I was raised in a family that couldn't like take care of kids. My dad was very abusive and my mom just couldn't take it, so she left. Um, and that's how I ended up in a children's home. Our oldest sibling uh, found out about a, a children's home, an orphanage. And I grew up in that orphanage. My mom and dad were very much into witchcraft and very hierarchy witches. And I was meant to inherit that. But God rescued me and took me in the children's home. <laughs> and in the orphanage, I met a lady. Um, Mama Tembela is her name. And she showed me the love of God, the tenderness of God, the kindness of God. I didn't know God's power, but I knew his love through that lady. And, and I needed that because I've never experienced love before. So I wanted to know this God, not because he's my father, because that scared me, because I had a father who scared me, but because this lady, this lovely lady in front of me is showing me God and God's love. And so I, I wanted to get to know him. And so she would teach me all sorts of things about God. And 
and how to pray and how to read the Bible and how to get closer to God. And like I was preparing for this preach and God said, tell them not to change the subject. I'm like, hold on. Is that what we're talking about? Because I want to talk about something else. I, I wanted to talk about loneliness because I'm feeling lonely. Yes, that's what happens when you're not married. <laughs> you feel like that most of the times. And God was like, no, no, don't, don't change the subject. Because even though you're feeling lonely in this season, even though you're feeling so many things are coming at you this season, like doubts and words that are coming at you this season, do not change the subject. And I was like, what does that even mean, God? What does not changing the subject mean? And God said, well, firstly, we need to know what the subject is. We need to know what the subject between me and God is, between you and God is. And I was like, what is the subject? And God said, my name is the subject. Amen. Jesus, we were singing about him. Amen. My name is the subject. You being about the Father's business is the subject. And this means wherever I am, like heaven, heaven on earth, wherever I am, wherever I am, I walk and I move and heaven opens. That's my father's business. That's the only business I know. And so I'm like, okay, God, that's the subject. How do I not change that subject? And he goes, well, I've taught you how to. In Revelation 12, verse 11, God says, we overcome the enemy. That's how we don't change the subject. We got to know first that we have an enemy. And this enemy is throwing words at us. And the most word that he's thrown since the beginning of time at us is, did God really say? So right now, the world right now is saying to you, did God really say? Did God really say that you can be set free? Did God really say that you can be healed? That every disease and sicknesses cannot touch you because God really said. Did he really say? But can we actually stand and face the enemy? Face the words that are coming at us and say, God said. Can we do that? That's what we need to overcome. That's the enemy we need to overcome. So God said, how do you do that? And, and God said, I said to God, sorry, how do you do that? And God said, well, we overcome him by the word of our, the word of our testimony. I'm like, okay. And he goes, no, don't say okay. Because Christians have tendencies of forgetting. We forget. We can't just say okay. We actually need to recall what God has done in order for us to say our testimony. We remember the story. But we don't remember him moving into the story. And we don't remember him being in the story, in the middle of it all with us. We've never been alone. So then he took it back to the loneliness thing. I said, how, how do you say you are alone? I've always sat next to you with my hand open for you to take it. How do you say that you are alone? So today I have an agenda. And the agenda is to kill the spirit of a liar. And that's loneliness. This is my agenda today. This is my father's business today. That loneliness dies <laughs> because we know his promises for our lives. We know what he's told us, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Why are we so forgetful? Come on. 
So God reminded me of all the times that he's wooed me. <laughs> the first time I saw Jesus was in my village in South Africa. Never seen a white person before. So I see Jesus in this projector thing, which I didn't get. How do people live in this small little thing that's shining a light on a sheet of paper well, like in front of me? Sorry, I probably saw, I can't pronounce that word. Anyway, so, so Jesus is there with straight hair and like a fake hair as well. Wow. Like he looks sick and he has got fake hair and he doesn't smile. I'm like, what? Who's that? My dad wanted me to be exposed to every religion because at some point in my witch trap journey, I needed to take down every religion. So Christianity was one of them. And so we watched this movie with that intention in mind. But then for the first time ever, I see my dad shout out the point where Jesus is being nailed and crucified, which as a little kid, I'm not getting it. I'm like, he looks sick already. Why are you beating him up? Like, I don't get it. I don't get the point of the story. <laughs> and my dad is busy yelling, and which means they are killing the son of man. They're killing the son of man. Now, my dad, guys, you have to understand this. He's a very angry person. He does not show emotions. And this is the first time ever I'm seeing my dad show emotions through this video where I'm supposed to learn how to take down the people that believe in this thing, which I don't get. He had no point at all, but I saw Jesus through my dad's tears. And for the first time ever, I'm seeing this man crumble and yelling at this man. I'm like, there's something about this man and a seed was dropped. A seed of pursuit was dropped in that little Andy, Andy Siwe is my name. A seed was, was dropped. And then like, I forgot about it because we never mentioned it. My dad told me never, never, ever to mention that story again. Because it shows his weakness. <laughs> We're not allowed to do that. Um, so then, forward the time. Again, I see this Jesus through my dad chasing a car down that was taking us to the children's home. And again, I see my dad saying, don't take my kids away. Don't take my kids away. He had no idea how to love us. But he knew how to love us the way he was loved. And so he chased after that car, wanting us back. And I was like, I've never seen him show emotions. And that was very public. And then again, I saw Jesus and this beautiful lady named Mom Tembella in the children's home. And she loved on me so much with the kindness of God. She led me to the kindness of God. And God says, you have to remember those things. You have to remember when I wooed you closer to me. You have to remember the testimonies of how I wooed you closer to me. How I brought you in, I brought you closer. We think that being saved, saying the prayer and receiving Jesus is on that day, on that day when we get it. But actually, if we look back, God has been. The stories that we don't pay attention to, that God has been calling us back, calling us to Him again with these little stories. And I'm praying that as I, as I speak, that you'll shake off that loneliness and remember. Remember Him who has wooed you closer to Himself. Josh said it last week. He said, the hunger that we have is a gift. He's given it to us. We can't hunger for Him, for him without Him giving it to us first. So we can't say, I received the Lord in this day, that, 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 because, you know, the preacher was preaching so nicely, which I honor, I honor preachers, I do. Um, the preacher was preaching so cool and so powerfully, and I received God. No, 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 there's a story behind it. What is it? 
What is the story behind it? So he said, by the word of the testimony. And then he said, by the blood of the lamb, Jesus. This is how we overcome. I think he started with the blood, but you know, yeah, we're going to flow. <laughs> and this is what he said. He said, by my blood, by my blood, I paid a high cost for you. By my blood, I said it was done. Come on, yes. By my blood, sickness has to move. Loneliness has to be shaken off of you. And no more hiding the fact that you are dying in loneliness inside. Because by my blood, I'm always with you. I have paid a high price that you know that I'm always with you. When I died, I had Andy in mind that she will need to be set free from witchcraft. She will need to be set free from an orphan spirit. She will need to be set free from poverty. I had Andy in mind when I died. My blood is enough for you to not feel alone and know that I'm always with you. Now until the end of time, I am always with you. How do we say that we are lonely? How do we partner with the spirit of loneliness? How do we sign that contract knowing the high price that he paid so that we don't feel alone? How do we do that? And God says, you, every time you sit there and you think you're lonely, you go on this down spiral, which is, which is true. I go on this spiral of thinking, I'm missing something. Something is missing. And every time Jesus is like, I'm sitting next to you and I'm saying, can I feel that for you? Can I feel that space that's missing for you? Yeah. So I had this dream long time ago. I hadn't learned English and like I said, seen a white person for the first time on a stream. Very, very sickly looking white person. Um, so I didn't think that that was it. I was like, it's got to be more. Anyway, so, so I'm sitting there. Sorry, I'm lying there in my bed in the children's home. And God gives me this dream, which I did not even ask for. He just gave it to me. And this dream was about uh, me serving in a, a pub or a shebeen or what do they call it, Josh? Brothel. brothel no was it drinking place yeah that one anyway so so i'm serving in it and and it's divided into black and white and i'm serving into the, the black side of it and i'm really good at what i do I'm really good at interacting with the people and serving the people and then like and then like i hear i overhear the boss and the manager saying um they're missing someone on the white side and they need someone to help and they were like she's really good she should come over so i went over to the other side and i i started serving and this man sitting on table number seven i don't know how i remember that because when i had that dream i was actually six years old when i had that dream and like i remember the table number being seven and this guy says okay come sit down when you're done serving those those few beers that are left in your hands i was like okay no, before I said, okay, I wondered, how do you know me like that? Why are you talking to me like you know me like that? And I realized, oh, he knows me. All of a sudden, all of these memories of us being married came into my mind. And I'm like, oh, he knows me. Yeah, by the way, I'm going to get a little bit vulnerable with you guys today. And, and then like, and then I said, well, I, I will. And then he says, and tell your friends, the black people, that we don't bite. <laughs> That's what he says. I said, you come and tell them. And he says, will you come with me? And I was like, yeah. So I went over to the other side. It had those uh, Wild West doors, like those doors that swing. Yeah. There you go. Um, 
So I went over to the other side and, and, and then all of a sudden everybody started interacting with each other and everybody was in each other's sides. There was no longer sides. I woke up from that dream not knowing what it means until like later on in life. God is like, yeah, I gave you that dream because you're going to be a bridge between black and white people in your land, which you will understand. And then, <laughs> and then I said to God, oh, but what about the seven? What was that? And he said, you'll sell it with a ring. And I'm like, I was six years old when God promised me a husband. I was six years old. And till this day, it's been a long time. I'm still single. I'm like, wait, wait hold on. I didn't get the memo. You know, heaven is all sitting there thinking, yeah, it's okay that she's lonely. She's single right now. And I'm like, no, mm -mm, I did not get that memo. I did not sign that paper. That was not me. <laughs> Jesus, help. And then I went to the school called BSSM. And everybody was like, yo, your bench is going to be full. <laughs> like, you're going to get guys asking out on coffee dates every time. I'm like, yay. <laughs> For the first time ever, this is going to happen. I'm so keen. Keen is being excited about it. Anyway, so I get to BSSM first year, and nobody comes. I'm like, okay, it's the first year. Everybody's getting to know each other. But I'm like, but this is the place I belong. You know, people that make me feel like I'm normal. Thank you, Papa Tris. <laughs> and, and Dani De Silva. I say her name bad every time. But she literally speaks about the smelling Jesus on people. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've always thought that was normal because I can smell Jesus on people. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's normal. And and my friends at home were like, uh, Andy, no. And then she says it's normal. And I was like, yay, I found my people. <laughs> and then like, I thought, yes, this is where I'm going to find this guy. You know, uh, that was second year. And it went past and my bench was still very, very dry. I was like, God, what what is happening? <laughs> and then like in third year, my plans of filling up my bench was hijacked by COVID. Thank you, COVID. Um, and my bench was still still very empty. I'm like, God, what what is happening? And and all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm feeling this thing where I, I feel like I should be belonging somewhere, where I feel like I should be known by someone. And I'm not I'm not known, I'm not belonging. Okay, I love I love you, Joshua and Rachel. I know I belong to you guys. But there's the part, the other part. <laughs> and so, so God is like, ever since you've made that, like that commitment of like, I am ready for another person. I've sat next to you. I've sat in that bench with you. And my hands were still open. My hands were still saying, I'm here. I'm here to fill that space. You are not alone. You're not alone. Now, I need you to relate to the story in the way that you feel alone. You might not be praying for a husband, but your house might be feeling lonely. You might not be praying for, for a husband to come in your life, but your friends that, that are so close to you don't even know you because your heart is so islanded, like it's put alone, it's, it's isolated. And in the name of Jesus, there's no longer isolation. There's no longer separation. He is our Abba Father. And the Holy Spirit in us cries out to Him, our Abba Father. The agenda is that we know our Father. The agenda is that we know Jesus. And we do not change the subject. He is with us. He is for us. And I remember like 
in a children's home learning English and learning learning these people and getting to know these different people because that's my papa agenda that's my um assignment to unite these two different skin colors and and god gave me that heart and i'm still burning with that heart but sometimes the enemy comes in and goes yeah you're lonely and because i don't keep the testimonies of what he has done in my life i don't keep them in mind and because I don't dwell on how much of a cost his blood paid for me, I, I go on the spiral of, yeah, something is missing. Something is missing. But now I, I know how to catch it soon now. Because all of a sudden, my, my subject became centered into one thing. I centered myself into one thing. And one thing was important. And that is Jesus. The moment Jesus' name loses its power in your mouth, the moment it just flies out without power, something is wrong. The power should move both you and the people around you. He does not, he does not like send his word just in vain. His word is always followed by power. His word is always followed. So just right now, wherever you're seated, I just want you to have a time of asking God to remind you what the subject is. What is your subject with Papa? Papa Bill Johnson talks about reading his prophecies and listening to his prophecies and for the first time of hearing that i was wondering wonder why it takes a lot of time because there's so many things that people tell you as a prophecy and so many things that people read to you and all the stuff that god is saying to you and and i remember god saying because he doesn't want to change the subject he doesn't want to forget he wants to remember what God has done, remember what God has promised, and remember what God is doing right now. Don't lose focus. So I thank you, Jesus, for reminding every single person that's seated here right now what the subject is about. I thank you, Jesus, for coming closer and for killing the spirit of forgetfulness. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us a reason to lean in closer. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting us where we are. When you look at yourself in the mirror, what has heaven said about you? When you're alone in your room and nobody's there to distract your thoughts, what are you thinking about yourself? Is it aligned with the subject of heaven? Is it aligned with what heaven has said about you? Because you have so many words that are willing to take you out so quick if you forget. So many words. What are we saying about our children? Whether they are around or not around. What are we saying about them? What are we prophesying over them? Is it aligned with the subject of heaven over your children? Do you know the subject of heaven over your children? We are not allowed to change the subject. There's so many topics online right now. There's so many things that are happening right now. Social media is so loud. 
it will drown the topic in your heart, the subject in your heart, if you do not remember. So Holy Spirit, come closer. Come and remind us what you did for us. Come and remind us what you call us to be. What is heaven saying about you? This should not become just an easy thing. Okay, I wake up and I breathe in and I breathe out. I'm still alive. Okay, that's it. No, no, you breathe in because somebody paid for that birth, breath of yours. You open your eyes because somebody paid that you may leave on that day. Are you giving glory back to where glory is due? Is your thoughts about you bringing glory back to God? So Jesus, help us not to change the subject. So I, I saw this picture of um, us as the church coming around the people that do deal with loneliness. not given you a spirit of fear but I've given you a spirit of love and power and a sound mind your mind is not supposed to be bombarded by loneliness and every other negative thing you think about yourself and the world fear has to die in order for us to be set apart fear has to die Loneliness has to die. We are not alone. We are not alone. We are just set apart that we may look different than the world does. That the world will look at us and say, oh, there's something about them that I need, that I want. Is the world looking at you and saying that? Is the world looking at your life and saying that? So Jesus, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us not to change the subject. Help us keep to the Father's will. If we don't remember the subject, we'll always be taken down by the same question. The same question. Did God really say? So help us remember, Papa. So right now, this is the point where I think we, we call for the people that are feeling alone and the people that are feeling isolated. Whether you are isolated from Papa or isolated from his people. Papa is God. I call him Papa. This is the time where we as the church come around each other. This is the time we as the church cover each other. So Holy Spirit, come. Come and uncover our hearts. Because you are safe. You are safe. Whenever you uncover, you also cover. All at the same time. It's, it's magnified. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So come, Holy Spirit. You belong. You belong in the family and today is the day where you get covered. Is the day 
where you let the family in, into the secret of your heart, the secret of being alone, the secret of being isolated, being an island, where even every time you call the name of Jesus, it's just empty. Because in your heart, you believe that you're lonely. In your heart, you've signed a contract with loneliness. Life is meaningless. Yeah, so if you are feeling like that, I'm going to ask you to be bold. Because vulnerability takes boldness. Being vulnerable and naked in front of people is not an easy thing to do. I know this. But I honor you for standing. I honor you for calling for help. So if you feel like that's you. Yeah. I had a moment in the children's home where nobody understood me at all. Because I thought talking to people was a lesser way of, of connecting. Because when you hear people's thoughts, why do you need to connect by words? So I thought, yeah, it's a lesser way. So I was so isolated. Nobody got to know me at all. And God slowly wooed me closer to him and get to know him through this lady that loved me so well. So today I want the church to love each other well that we may come out of the loneliness come out of the loneliness and because of that they will see him in you they will see him through you they will see him in everything that you do thank you Jesus if you have the guts to invite the church to that please stand Thank you, Jesus. If you if you have the courage to invite the church to that, like like first Joshua says, be strong and courageous. The Lord your God is with you. If you have the courage to invite the church to this very thing that always steals your joy every day. This thing, this thing that has an agenda to limit what you are called to do with God every day. If you have the courage to stand up and invite the church to that, we would like to cover you today as a church. We would like to let you know and remind you that you are not alone. And then, as, as a prophetic act, because I'm a mover, I'm sorry, I'm going to make everybody move because I can't move. So I'm going to make everybody else move. <laughs> this is where the church comes in and covers. And we don't cover from far, we cover from close. So I'm sorry, y'all, we're going to be breaking COVID rules. <laughs> Am I allowed to do that? Jesus. Okay. Um, I really need them to know and remember that they are covered. I pray that you will also, as the church, find the courage to break the fear of touching right now and actually go and touch. Thank you, Jesus. They need you. They need you. 
they need you. Stand next to them as though they are your brother and sister. As though you know that hell's gate has been locking them away for so long. Kick the gates down. Kick the doors down. Fight for them. Pray like you've never prayed before. Fight for them. They need you. There's an assignment to make people lonely. There's an assignment of loneliness that leads to suicidal, that leads to self-hatred because people are feeling so alone and so isolated. People are feeling so misunderstood. People are feeling like nobody is there. Nobody knows. Fight for them. Like you would your own child, like you would your own brother, like you would you would your wife, your kid. Fight for them. They need to know that the kingdom of the Lord is at hand. They need to know. So Jesus, we break the spirit of loneliness right now in Jesus' name. We break the spirit of loneliness, God. We break the spirit of loneliness right now. We say this far and no more. We're drawing a line in the sand as brothers and sisters to the ones that are standing. And we're saying this far and no more. And the ones that don't have the courage of standing but know that they deal with this. Holy Spirit, I pray for grace. I pray for grace, Holy Spirit. Right now in Jesus' name to draw the line anyway. There's mothers that are feeling alone because all they do is just look after their kids, which is glorious, but nobody's reaching out. No one is reaching out. Even babysitting for one day will save a mom's life, I promise. No one is reaching out. So I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for breaking the spirit of loneliness right now. Thank you, God, for welcoming your children back into the kingdom, God, where they are known and belong where they are known and belong. Thank you for peeling back the curtain again and saying, you're welcome. You have clean hands and pure heart. You're welcome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that as the body prays for your people right now, as the church covers your people right now, they layers of protection of their hearts because the last time they let people into their hearts, their hearts were broken. The last time they let people into their hearts, people betrayed and people hurt them. So I thank you, Jesus, that as those walls are going up, that you would go and gently speak to their hearts to put the walls down. You need this. You're not here by accident or coincidentally. You're not. You're here in this church, in this building right now when Andy is busy talking about not changing the subject for a reason. Don't change the subject. He said, I will be with you. Why are we changing the subject? He says, I'm for you. Why are we changing the subject? He says, I'm in you. And I'm greater than anything you could ever face. Why are you looking at the circumstance? So come, Holy Spirit. Come and remind us what matters. Come and remind us to keep the subject. Come and remind us, Holy Spirit. Come. There's an assignment for you. There's an agenda for you. You're supposed to lead. 
is supposed to be known, is supposed to be seen. Stop hiding. Stop hiding. You will not overwhelm us when you take up the room. You will not overwhelm us when you let yourself be known. Thank you, Jesus. When you come together, each one has something. A word of instruction. And Andy, we just want to thank you this morning because you brought the church here a word of instruction. A word of instruction. And we do we receive that word, church? You know, it's it's not just a word for those who are feeling vulnerable enough to say and bold enough to say, I feel lonely. It's also a word of instruction to us as a family to say. We need to embrace. You know, the Bible says he sets the lonely in families, the psalmist says. So if God is sick, God himself sets people to eradicate loneliness, how? Into his family. That's how he did it. So therefore, the family, we have a responsibility to church, to embrace people and love people. Amen. I just want to say one, one quick word from Andy's word, she, she quoted the scripture, and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, and watch this, the word of their testimony, the word of their testimony, everybody say testimony, and here's what I want you to take away today, a person with a testimony will never be at the mercy of a person with an argument, i say that again, a man a woman with a testimony will never be at the mercy of a person with an argument. Well, I don't believe that. I believe this. I... But it's my testimony. It happened to me. And this is how we overcome. By the finished work of the cross, the blood of the Lamb, and the testimony of what he did for us. That is how we overcome. And I'll say it again, a person with that testimony, how we overcome, will never be at the mercy of a person with an argument. Well, I believe this. I theologically believe this. I believe, but this happened to me. Let me tell you about it. It's powerful. Our testimonies are powerful. Though how he sets the lonely in families is powerful. When God speaks to us divinely, today I had no idea what Andy was going to speak. I just knew that she was going to be in step with the Spirit. And that made it as exciting for me. I, I, must, I didn't want to know what God was going to say. I just knew she was carrying something. And from heaven today it came. Don't change the subject. Church, don't change the subject. Stay on the subject. Stay on the subject. The subject is not politics. 
Let's not find our identity in what we disagree with. I don't agree with that. And, but what do we agree with heaven? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and pray and pray, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Church, if my people, the answer is right there. If my people, if my people, if my people, if my people, not if the, not Washington, well, if Washington, well, if Downing Street, well, if, if this political party, if that political party will do this, then I will, no, if my people, if my church, if my people, we're the answer. If my people who carry my name, who are called by my name, will put on the, the apron of humility and call on my name as we did today, Jesus, 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 then I will hear from heaven and I will heal the land. And they, I believe the anointing is simply this. The anointing is when God says, I agree. When we sing a song, that heaven says I agree we feel the anointing when we worship him we feel the anointing because heaven agrees and there's the anointing will increase if we will listen to what God is saying and we do it and we will find testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony and it's happening those of you watching on right line right now there's uh, not to embarrass anybody, it was a family last Sunday that were tuned in, like having been somewhere else, and they just happened to catch Josh singing an Elvis song. They turned their car around and came straight to this building, and God touched them all. Family, children. He's doing something fresh. There's an anointing will increase but remember he's anointed us to something the spirit of the lord is upon us because he's anointed us to something it's not just to get goosebumps it's to have testimonies to give away because a person with a testimony will never be a, the mercy of a person with an argument and that's how we overcome it by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony